1: plus 11 personnel live on location never before done before we made it we survived we're here at Monticello Bank I'm Nick Roush this is Adam Luckett and this is Kaziah from Monticello Bank we're at one of their 21 locations 14 different markets and it's where people matter that's what I've learned and I Can you tell us how much they matter? Oh my goodness. Um, So we've been around since 1895. That's a long time. A long time. (laughs) very Um, long time.
0: And we're still privately owned and we have lots of people that work for us and you know one thing that we do is we invest in our communities and we want to you know be very Kentucky forward, Kentucky focused Mm -hmm. and you know our partnership with KSR is kind of to you know get our name out there but also show that we want to support. Kentucky and wildcat locals
1: like us, yeah, wildcat fans. And here's the important thing too. There's a lot of those like big uh, lenders out there now where come get a mortgage. you can do it in 20 seconds and it's like no no, no no. just think local that you all are going to put the numbers right. on their side. Right. So Monticello Bank, check it out. Go NBC.
0: Uh, go NBC is our mobile app, mm-hmm. and then
1: NBCBank.com is our website. Yeah, and like I said, there's tons of different locations. This one's wonderful. Although I gotta admit, because I've lived here my whole life, I don't think I've ever been this north on Hurstbourne Lane. Are you serious? My whole life, yeah. This is like a go- like parts of Linden, There's just parts of Louisville never been to. Well, today. it's super convenient. So now you've been here. Exactly. Just you just keep on going. You're like, oh wow, this isn't. Not all of Hurstbourne Lane is a traffic jam. This no. is actually nice. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, says the guy from Dixie Highway, who's just, it's like a rolling stop the entire time. 100%. Exactly. No, this is very nice out here. We're so glad you had us out here. And we're, we appreciate you partnering with us because, um, you know, we can't yap about th- football all year unless we got fine folks like you guys at Monticello Bank helping us out. So. 100%. All right, well, come check, come see Kazai and everybody at Monticello Bank. They're all over the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Bank local. They're on your side. The people for the people by the people. Hundred percent. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Y'all need to hire Nick to do your elevator pitch. <laughs> we could. We could. That would be my second yeah. job on side hustle. Yeah, we'll do give you a ten have, have you ever done the, the the telling part of it? I would think, I would get so nervous. It's
0: harder than
1: it looks, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, the one thing that's cool though is the little um, the you instead of licking your finger you have the little sticky. Yeah, I want to know what that's made of. It looks like Play-Doh, kind of, but it looks it's not fun. Not
0: Play-Doh. It's like this little, like, pink wax.
1: Oh man. And counting dollar bills. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'd be <laughs> so. But I'd be nervous. You don't want, cause you don't want to be wrong. Well,
0: you've got at least got a couple other people behind
1: the teller Okay. Line helping you. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, we're out here, Monticello Bank. Thank you so much, Kazai, for having us. And uh, we're just gonna have fun talking football. Hope we don't get in your way too much no, today. You'll be fine. Okay. Happy you're here. All right. Thanks, Kazai. Right. Appreciate it. Uh, like well, it this is uh, this is a fun time of year, although it's a little bit different as far as, I feel like we're uh, it's a busy time but it's not I, I don't know it's weird like we're, we're rolling out an SEC football schedule tonight at 7 p.m for next season. So it's like the meat and potatoes of weird talking season, but it's also at the same time the like we're grinding recruiting hitting up the sources and it's just it, the phone's blowing up.
2: It's a sneaky time of year because, you're right, you're still – I mean, it's still 12 weeks, 11 weeks away from kickoff.
1: Yeah. But a lot of important
2: stuff's happening, right? So, like, a lot of stuff that you're going to be kind of focused in on in December, a lot of that pre-work is being done right now. So, um, the recruiting's a long process, especially high school recruiting. But now mm-hmm. it's like it's time to, like, figure out who you want to fill the, your open spots What positions can we fill? What positions do we need to focus on when the portal opens? Mm -hmm. All of that kind of is being solved right now. And you're kind of, you know, you're kind of the people with the spreadsheets in the recruiting department are kind of balancing the numbers (laughs) and seeing like, these are our options. You know, are these options good enough? If, If they're not, then we need to focus on here. Or do we need to, who do we need to close on? Who do we focus on? All of that. And it's really an important recruiting season. But it's also, Nick, like OTAs are starting for Kentucky. Yeah. next week and so what that means is liam cohen's going to be out there working with devin leary they're going to be throwing passes hopefully you know guys who miss spring jordan dingle josh caddis all of those guys are going to be back and they're going to be able to kind of do some seven on seven stuff so they're the early work for the seat they're going to kind of figure out what Mm their who their dudes are and what their kind of tentative plan is going to be going into fall camp so a lot of important stuff's happening and then we're talking season it's right around the corner well, in July, and then that's when it really gets ramped up when we really start previewing the season. But, yeah, we're getting a nice little appetizer from the SEC Network tonight, getting the 2024 schedule, which will include one of yeah. Kentucky and Oklahoma on Kentucky's slate next year.
1: Uh, you mentioned one thing I wanted to hit on before we, we talk schedule a little bit, but it's funny. Kentucky added, what, seven spring transfers? Give it, uh, six, yeah, six or right, seven, right there. But I, wow. I was wanting to reach out, especially with the new guy, uh, Sumo carmbe the uh, the NC State running back. Because I'm just curious, how's this all going to work? What are you seeing him? In... Well, like they haven't even seen him in person, you know. <laughs> it's it's not. Um, so they get these OTAs, and I remember how happy Stoops was and a lot of college coaches. But it's only two hours a week, two hours a week, and they're just like, "Yes, yeah, so we get two hours a week with a ball." Um, where previously they didn't get any, and they would work ways around it, which was like using a beach ball or like a, a dodge ball as their um, – so we're not using a football, but we can still do our, our practice workouts with the coaches. So it's it's just a slow little drip, but at least they're going to get to see some of like, okay, this is how this guy runs. This well, is a little bit of what we can
2: What do. they used to do was hide in the building in the window, <laughs> and they would look out, and they would have maybe the managers <coughs> –
1: running through
2: the coach. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so now but now they they just get to not much has really changed. It's just they get to be on the field. Yeah. with yeah. them per se. It's
1: uh it, it's it's funny all the hoops we jump through to make college football happen and this like we said tonight, tonight's going to be a big one with the SEC schedule release and first and foremost you're not going to have your calendar ready. <laughs> because the schedule release is just who you're playing. It's not an actual schedule like it because Some teams are going to have to mess around with their Mm -hmm. non-conference dates and whatever to make it happen. Um, But as you said, we're going to get either Texas – Kentucky's going to be playing Texas or Oklahoma next year. What say you? Who's it going to be?
2: Yeah, I think you mentioned the non-con. Like, Kentucky Kentucky plays Akron in Akron week one as of right now.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) Ypsilanti never happened. I was looking forward to Ypsilanti too. I would bet that that
2: maybe gets switched up. But, yeah, I think with Texas and Oklahoma, there's probably some non-con finagling they might have to do with make sure all the schedules fit. For me, Nick, I just think the decision's pretty easy here. I think you've got the Stoops kind of storyline. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of schools that want to play that – they're going to want Texas to play. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Kentucky's one of those schools, but there is the Stoops kind of oh yeah storyline you have. So I definitely think Kentucky's going to get Oklahoma, and I think it's going to be a home game for Kentucky. And I think it's going to be like an early season game. It could be one of the early kind of ESPN primetime games early in the, in the year. Week
1: two, right past the Labor Day weekend yeah, slate. I mean, if this like year the goes tonight game, if this
2: year goes like we think it will. Kentucky's going to have some legit star power on the team when you look at Baron Brown, Dankey, Key, Dion Walker should all be back. Um, Ooh,
1: okay, to, okay. I got a question for you. What logo is Bob Stoops wearing? Oh,
2: well, that's a good question.
1: And. Will Cutter Bowley be the starting quarterback? It
2: depends. I mean, his son. What year's his son? If his son's still on the Oklahoma team, that's your easy answer.
1: Oh yeah, that is that is an easy answer because he he was, he was always rocking UK stuff, right? I mean, yeah. even when they played, um, he he they played somebody that was like a common. I don't know if it was I, I forgot who Bob showed up for, but he he loves to rock the UK stuff. But I think this is his son's last year. I think he was a super senior. Okay, so Oklahoma UK. Maybe he does the split jersey. I don't know if I'm
2: for a Florida jersey. I think a nice
1: neutral gray that, Oxford Yeah. Jersey. That's that's more of a stoops way to go. Or a too.
2: tequila polo. Or he could just well, he, could, he could borrow one of Peak's renegade shirts.
1: Or the XFL renegades. What um what is it with do we need to get in the booze business? Apparently. I mean Bob's raking it in with tequila. Uh Clooney made a billion bucks off of it, and Stoops. Stoops is making a ton yeah. off his bourbon. Well, R.D. won. We should get in the booze business. Snoop Dogg has a wine. Snoop has a wine? Yeah. Um, my wife's regular drink. Regular supporter of Snoop Dogg's wine. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm just yeah. a regular supporter of Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big Snoop Dogg guy. S-N-O-O-P. Um, but, yeah, is Cutter Bowley going to be the starter? I love getting that question, too, because I get it all the time. Here's the thing. We don't – for us, the, the rational answer is to say – I mean, they'll probably get somebody from the portal, but we'll see. But I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, bucket, because it's a question I get all the time. Can Cutter Bowley start in the SEC? We've watched him work out multiple times this offseason. Can he go from LCA to UK? I think you'll see
2: Cutter Bowley take kind of a soft redshirt year where they maybe will try to work him in some, but I think the plan is back up first year and then trying to think of the 2025 he's going to be who Kentucky. Turns it over to, you. but as of right now, I think the plan is probably going to be to go portal.
1: Again. Can we get? Well, that- well, that's,
2: we got to see how the backup situation works out this year. Does anybody kind of emerge as a real legitimate starting caliber option? Uh, that's one of the big questions I think this season. Does mm-hmm. that happen? If it doesn't, then I think you're definitely seeing a portal visit. I think a portal visit's likely as is right now, and Kentucky has shown that they've been able, like this t- two times. In three years where they they went and got Levis, they went and got Leary. They've shown that they can go get a good quality quarterback out of the portal. I think you're going to see something like that. I think you're going to see Kentucky potentially being play for a guy who maybe just has one year left because it is going to be a kind of one year thing before
1: right, you turn right. the show
2: over to your big, your big prize recruit.
1: I was uh, when this question will come up to, it's going to come up to Stoops during the preseason and then he'll say, you know, we're going to try to work him in and then and then after the fact, when he doesn't get in, it, it's like, well, you know, there wasn't the right time. How many times has he been trying to work at a quarterback over the years? And then it's just like, eh, it just doesn't end it, up It's going to be a little
2: different, though. Yeah, because...
1: Because he's better. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. an elephant in the room. He's a little bit better.
2: Yeah, because, there, I mean, the upside is real with Bowling. There's going to be some return on investment you want, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which, just before we get into the camp, night and day difference between bully this year and last year. Like he just looks like an adult now. When last year we were watching him work out, there was a time where I thought, this this kid, I know he's younger, but like and he's pretty good, but he just was so scrawny and gangly. And I just didn't I didn't know what to make of Cutter Bully. It was like he he throws it well, but like how well is he going to fit in? How is he going to mature? How is he going to develop? And um I mean it's obviously we're just watching him throw a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. But he has taken steps in the right direction and you can see all that upside. You can see why Kentucky really likes him as a potential uh, starter down the road. They can change the game. Um, but back to the schedule, do we have any other potential hot takes? If it's going to be Oklahoma, is there any like, uh, Venables is he'll be around. They'll probably be a nine ish win team this year, maybe 10 or more. Right. Um, that's just kind of the, the MO there. Um, are there any other teams? If you got Oklahoma in the mix, who, who, who's another one you would see on there that would make you go,
2: oh, no, they're adding them too? Well, uh, Techie hasn't gone to Arkansas. Have you gone to Arkansas since you started this job?
1: Only for a basketball game. Went to Walton. Never been a Razorback State. Last time Razorback they were there, stadium. they,
2: like, canceled the game.
1: Yeah, it was a rain delay, right? There was a thunderstorm, and then they just said, eh, we'll just go home.
2: So that's why. I mean, they haven't been there in, like, 11 years.
1: I'd like to go there. Fayetteville's really nice. So surprisingly,
2: I think that's going to be on the schedule. Okay. I think they're going to put that game on the schedule. Um, Fun by me. You just played Alabama. So I don't think Alabama is going to be on schedule.
1: Right. They just played Alabama. They've been on the rotation with Georgia for.
2: Let's establish uh, who is going to like, who are the rivalries they're going to want to keep. Tennessee is going to be on the schedule. Yep. Um, South Carolina is the permanent in the the mock. Mm
1: -hmm. They're going to be on the schedule. Oklahoma, we think is going to be on the schedule. So that's three. That's three. Let's just let's say Arkansas too. Haven't played at Arkansas in forever. That's four. four so we've so we're already home. Now you have you to. You don't even have to watch tonight. You, we already told you. You have to balance
2: own. out these because they did the two tier thing. Yeah. Ross Dellinger, where they had top tier is like Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU. And then the, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, Florida. That, did
1: AM make it into that mix? I
2: think AM was.
1: Because AM team. at home, A, that's another one. AM hasn't been to Kroger Field yeah. since they got into the league. That one would make a lot of sense. And then right? the bottom tier is like you know Vandy, Kentucky,
2: Arkansas, because they did like a ten year.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did a ten year combined conference record.
2: Yeah. Um, Tennessee was in that bottom tier: <laughs> South Carolina, Missouri. <laughs> so, like, how they balance it, I think is going to be interesting. Because I think you're going, because I'm. That's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at that chart that Ross Ellinger. And see if they
1: stay true to it and see how
2: many games they gave each team from. Because what you would think they would do is kind of do like maybe like a five three type thing. Mm-hmm. You play five of the seven in your tier and you play three of the one's another, the, the eight in the other tier. That makes sense. That's how I would think they would work it out. But I don't know how that math works out. I yeah. would have to sit yeah. down and break the numbers down. But that's one interesting thing I'm looking at. I think they're a lot of the permanent opponents. I think they're going to try to keep like, I think you're probably going to see Kentucky play, you're going to get one of Georgia, Florida. Mm-hmm. You're going to play. I would imagine they'll keep the bandy and Missouri games um, location. That just makes sense. If you're it would be to nice that to way. play
1: a first year Florida head coach. Um, ooh, who's who's next up? Had some belt Billy, John Sumnerall. Oh no, <laughs> God, that would be a nightmare. That would be an absolute nightmare. But um, man, he does check all the boxes for them, though, doesn't he? You can't hire two some coaches in a row. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, saved us there. Um, I am, it's one of those things where every time now I watch a SEC schedule release show, though, I get PTSD because I go back to the COVID year. And I had to, we had to do, we had to keep doing this during the COVID year, right? Like we had to keep making content. I'm on the radio talking about, like, well, are they going to play games? Are they not going to play games? We had the same radio show a uh, hundred times. And we talked about the schedule a hundred times. And then Friday afternoon, this is when people are just starting to get out. We're going to, going to a pool, going to a friend's pool. And then in the middle of it, they're like, oh, the SEC is announcing its conference schedule. And I'm just, oh, I'm mother bleeping them to, you know what? Like, you picked now, Sankey? You couldn't have done this besides Friday at 3 p.m.? And I just now every time I watch the SEC schedule release, I'm like, just put it in prime time, do it up big, And that's what they're doing now. We're gonna get two scheduled release shows because we're getting the opponents release and then we're gonna get another one. Um, and they usually they usually do week by week, but
2: they're not gonna have weeks here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm interested to see how they did it. I did two weeks ago, I kind of sat down and I tried to do the tier thing, like I talked yeah, about.
1: You did the you did the spreadsheet.
2: But I and I only did for Kentucky. Um the now Oklahoma, I didn't have Oklahoma on there, but I had AM mm-hmm. coming to Lexington. I would probably sub that one out for Oklahoma. So what I would have is a home game for Georgia, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Oklahoma. And then for the away games, Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, Tennessee. So typically, you know, you're getting the East schedule, but you're just drawing kind of Oklahoma as kind of the second West team you're drawing. I mean, it's a pretty similar schedule to what Kentucky's always gotten. I'll be interested to see how close they keep it to kind of what teams have played in the past, I mean, the competitive balance is going to be the phrase like Sankey uses on the, oh, on yeah, the show tonight. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, it's going to take a long time for us to deprogram our brains too because we just think of east and west. And I still, I know it took the, me a while to get used to that for basketball when they went away from divisions, I don't know, six, seven years ago. So it's going to take us a while to get used to this new normal. Uh, but it's, it's exciting offseason fodder. We're going to be talking about writing about it. And once that happens tonight at 7 on the SEC Network, um, in the meantime, we need to talk Kentucky football recruiting here at Monticello Bank where people matter. 21 branches, 14 different locations across Kentucky. Hey, check them out. This is really nice. Like it. It's very nice. Can't overstate how nice it is here at Monticello Bank. Almost as nice as – I really like some of the kids that they're, they've got lined up. But it, – it, is there part of me, are you, are you worried at all that none of these guys have actually popped yet? Because there's four or five guys where I've got some RPM picks in it. looks good. Uh, Demario Witten, like that guy, could be awesome. Willie Rodriguez, Brian Robinson. Uh, I do get to sense Brian Robinson when he rescheduled his visit. He moved up to Penn State one, and then he's going to get rid of that, take care of it this weekend, get his decision ready, and then announce it. So at least, I've, I feel like, feel like all these things are lined up now it's just a matter of doing it making it happen because even though it doesn't matter that much really because you got to sign them still within the the year but at the same time i mean michigan's got 17 verbals ohio state's got a bunch of verbals it feels it just looks and feels you feel much more secure i'm starting to get i don't have it yet but if next week happens and there's not a sort of rash of commitments then i'm going to start having a little anxiety like I uh, thought they were in a good spot for a lot of these dudes. Number
2: one, um, no, I'm not surprised. Like the kids you usually get committed on these are the guys you lead on. They had maybe, if they had a lead, it was a small lead on a lot of these guys. The one I think, Willie Rodriguez, is the one we're really waiting on.
1: Mm-hmm. It feels I, like a
2: silent commitment. Right, right. Just when is he going to announce?
1: Let's see your, your edits. Yeah. Show me your video.
2: Brian Robinson, he's going through the process. He's going to announce this summer. It sounds like I like Kentucky's chances there. Cam Dooley's another guy. I think they're. Mm. I would favor them at the moment. July
1: fourth, he's committed day. on July fourth. There's always one.
2: So you're just having to wait a little bit on these prospects, and I think there's some that they're in a good position for, but they just still gotta close. So it might yeah, be like yeah. at more August um, decisions. But I think overall, you're just they're behind. <laughs> just they're they're moving slow mm-hmm. um, regarding recruiting right now. And I think next year you could see that begin to change. Like Stone Saunders, it sounds like he might make a decision
1: mm-hmm. pretty soon. Yeah.
2: It's a class of 2025, four star quarterback. They could have a quarterback in the fold early. They just haven't had that really in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so with Bully, you do he did create some momentum, but it was so late in the process that you couldn't he wasn't you would like to have him at your junior days as a commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right in February or whatever in, that is, in right. January and March, yeah.
2: Um, you just have him late, so it's a similar start to last year. I think they're in a better position as of right now than where they were last year, but they still have some work to do. And they mm-hmm. still get mm-hmm. you know, Jaquam Mc, McRoy's a huge visitor,
1: yeah, this big weekend. time. So, back to back weekends, Kentucky's gonna have top 100 offensive tackles on campus, mm-hmm. and I think that's why you haven't seen the ultimately like other offensive tackles or offensive linemen commit because. They're like, well, got this guy, Jonathan Daniels, coming in. He's a top 100 guy. I've heard that. I, I'm i not going to lie like well, it. I did the thing, and I do this quite a bit. Sometimes when guys pop up like Daniels, that UK kept under the radar, and then he announces, oh, I'm going to an official visit. Sometimes I think that that's um, – like he's throwing them a bone, right? UK was – Well, almost, like Robert
2: Stafford last year. Yeah. And ended up in Miami, cornerback, top per- 150. Perfect example. You're just like, oh, that's surprising, but – That doesn't seem like a kid they're going to get.
1: But then I heard a lot of stuff that, like, actually, UK is kind of up there. Like, Florida State's the one to beat. But UK's going to be in the next tier. right? That visit went really well. So, um, I'm curious with Shaq McCroy. Every time he takes a visit, there's a lot of positive buzz afterwards. We heard that with – was it Oregon was the first one? Mm -hmm. And then you had Arkansas last weekend. Kentucky this weekend. Maybe Kentucky does enough to be that. Well, this is the last. Maybe they get the last word in for this summer and he gets an early decision. I think that's maybe it might be a little bit wishful thinking on my part, but it'd be real nice.
2: He's announcing on June 30th that recruitment is not over on June 30th. no, 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 no. no. This is going to be an old school oh. SEC
1: dogfight to the bitter end. <laughs> so And when you say dogfight, I want to also be clear too. This is also a like, well, I heard so and so was dropping a bag, but like now it's all above board. That's the weirdest part of all of this is like the whole, um, like you're hearing like, well, money talks kind of stuff, and they would kind of like nudge, nudge, and it's like, no, yeah, you, you pay them the money, get the get, go to Montesol Bank, take the money out, put it in the collective, and give them the yeah. money. That's how it works, out. and it's. That's another thing that you're well, kind yeah, of... Well,
2: those. you to just bring the duffel bags in here and just say, throw no, it no in here, and we'll go... <laughs> make
1: we'll sure go. it doesn't get the blue ink in there, right? We don't want to pop that open. And we'll make go down to,
2: down to your church, and we'll do the... We'll just handle it right there, where no one's asking you questions t- at the church.
1: And <laughs> do you think they still have the, the bags that pop open? A, you talking about the bank? Yeah. You still think they got those? Ask, I, yeah, I have to ask because I have to go we'll, in there just to make we'll sure.
2: We'll ask while we're on our way out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Why are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, have you, I actually know somebody that has seen a bag drop before. And it was, I, I'm not going to say the prospect, uh, but it, it was actually a basketball player at uh, not the University of Kentucky. And it was just like a, a manila envelope. Brought it to lunch, slid it across the table, here you go, and that was it. I think they'd be a little bit sneakier, but no, as long as nobody else is watching, like, whatever. Man, I would have loved to be in a bag man. Do you think you could pull it off? Sure, why not? <laughs> I might be a little bit too, um, I don't know. I'm not a very sneaky, I'm not incognito. how important you would going. feel, though, if you were a bag man. Oh, and that's how people like, do you're, it.
2: you're walking around like, I'm making stuff happen for this program.
1: <laughs> and see, and that's part of what was such an allure to it, right? Because those people who, like, I mean, I want to donate. I want to help my program. Nothing feels more hands-on than literally giving money to a guy that's going to come there and starve for you, right? Like, we're, I, I deal with fundraising for the local high school. You know how hard it is to fundraise for financial aid? Pretty hard. Or, or like, just like we're going to get air conditioners. Nobody cares about that, but if you're going to build a building, oh, people will fork up all kinds of money because they want to. They want to either see the building, put their name on it. Same thing with paying players, right? And that's how it now. I'm curious how much the collective, if that's if it has that same benefit for some of them, like they're still getting that rush, right? The same Johnny Booster who was, you know, five hundred dollar handshakes. If he if he wants to do the collective or if he just would rather do the uh, the old-fashioned backdrop oh' that's good Fluid. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's always a fluid situation. But at least as of right now, the good news is, is that, you know, we are not doing, remember we did, last year when Kentucky didn't have commitments where we were, oh, well, the collective, it's a, blah, blah, we, we, we got to get it done. And, and we were doing all this hand-wringing over nil. We're not there with Kentucky football between Commonwealth Causes, the 15. I believe there's another one. But these guys are getting taken care of. I mean, you saw in the portal. Devin Leary's top-ten transfer portal player overall. One of the top quarterbacks arguably. So, I. You don't do that if you don't have a decent nil situation. So, at least Kentucky, they're doing fine in that department right now. Uh, I think the other part of it is just sealing the deal, closing. We've been at the camps. And the camp situation was a little bit different this year, Bucket, because I felt like we had a lot more guys in the past competing for spots, if that makes sense. Didn't get as much of that this year.
2: No, it was weird because the two big
1: Sunday showcase camps were kind of
2: light. Like, the more... Bigger action happened on. Happened during the week. Weeks. So yeah. During the one days.
1: When you have Cutter of, show up and he might throw to somebody. Which can kind of be hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But
2: yeah, it was definitely more lighter. The feature camps, just through the Sunday camps, were mm-hmm. definitely lighter this season.
1: Yeah. So a little bit different aspect, but I still love them. Um, even more so just to have conversations with Liam Collin about burning CDs. You know, like there's just very much a, uh, it's laid back. Um, it's also cheap. Do you can eat merch? You were there? I did not, I heard you our cops, cops of merch. They sell it really cheap. Next year, guys, bring your cash. It's like fifty dollar shirts for twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't publicize that too much, but easy way to get merch. Uh the stadium, the turf looks wonderful out there. I'm very much excited for them to roll it out. Yeah. I'm also excited too. When let's roll some jerseys, UK. Can oh we, yeah, we, that's
2: kind of been hidden. Yeah, I think a little bit, but they are getting new unis this year. And I think people are probably going to be excited. We mentioned some of the new what guys. Was the, we heard like a rumor, like I think 2021. They were going to wear what, what, what was the helmet?
1: Uh, it was, it was the black helmets, right? Was that what it was? And then two years later, we finally <laughs> see it for the first time. Uh, and Roush was not nah, impressed. We're not, they're not wearing
2: black helmets. They're <laughs> never going to wear black
1: helmets. And then not only do they wear black helmets, they, they actually put the new logo on them, uh, which we haven't seen very often. Uh, the uh the the other thing that I uh, I like too is that we, we some of these guys we're seeing them either show up on campus for the first time or we're seeing them um, for the first time in a few months. Uh did you see your boy Caddis yesterday? I did not see him
2: out there yesterday.
1: Sounds <sighs> good. He must have got out there. He's on the drugs machine all the, there. after I left. Well, they're having a competition, right? They told us tight ends versus receivers, who's gonna catch more balls. Um the one that was the the most eye-opening in in a good way. Like I expected Grant Godfrey to be a good athlete. I mean, it's kind of like the new committing Antoine Smith we're going to talk about. But a surprising one. One I've in I've always had. You know, some some of these offensive linemen, you just you don't know. Like they they check a lot of stuff. I think that's the hardest position to evaluate and recruit, just because they got stuff. But like it's so early in their developmental process, you don't know where they're going to go. Malachi Wood always looked like a basketball player playing offensive line. He had good dropbacks. He had good pass sets. And he's got good length. But you just – is he going to be able to get the weight? Like, is, can, he, can he drive people off the ball? And he put on 30 pounds this spring. I mean, like, good – He looks a lot better. He looks like an SEC offensive line, yeah. right? Like, instead of just like some big kid yeah. who was really tall, uh, he looked very good. And that, that yeah. was a very encouraging sign. That was my biggest
2: thing for him. I just didn't know if he could, cause it's, he's got a skinny front. I mean, like, Yeah, like there wasn't a lot of.
1: Right. Right. Like he's going to have to, he's going to be at the training tables with the diets where you've got like yeah. a bunch of eggs and your protein. But shakes he's pushing and,
2: three bills right now, which is a good. Great sign. Sign to see. I yeah.
1: thought. Which gets us to a question and I'm sorry. I want to apologize to the person on Twitter who asked this. It's just, it was a great question. Um, but it's one that got us thinking which position does Kentucky recruit the best? Who does Mark Stoops have the best track record of recruiting? And it's best to go by position. I think if you went by pure hit rate, if you went by coach, the Summerall guys were pretty good hit rates. Clink was a close second because they weren't as high volume. You know, there's only like two or three. And they were recruiting spots. And it was always like a late, fun surprise that was good. But from a positional standpoint, it gets trickier because, like, if we're being honest, tackle might have been the best position that they recruited up until the the, the hits started piling up in the last year or so. Yeah,
2: but they also might have had guards playing tackle.
1: Darian <laughs> Kennard. <laughs> but, you, I mean, Darian Kennard – three or four-year starter. You got an All-American there. You had a five-star in Lane and Young that both hit and were multi-three, four-year starters. Um, that's significant. Um, additionally, I mean, you, Cole Mosier was a former walk-on that you got a lot out of early on in the Stoops tenure. Now, there were obviously some of those guys. that You remember Josh Kroc? That's a fun name from the past. Yes, I do. Um, Little well, Jarrett LaRubio, guys you just never heard of because, you know, there's going to be some swings and misses. But – I thought tackle was a decent decent one to start, but definitely not the, the best.
2: Yeah, I mean, you just look at big running backs. Yeah. Benny and Chris were pretty two good ones to hit on.
1: Yeah, and Boom and they got was, a lot of
2: mileage out of them.
1: Boom was a high he's like the highest ranked one of them all. And he I mean, he was great from the get go, you know. Tight
2: tight end hasn't had star power, but they just had quality starters rolled in and out
1: mm-hmm. of there. I think the edge has
2: been pretty good. Yeah. They've maybe not had the depth there that I think people have wanted, but they've got – they want Josh Allen, Boogie Watson, J.J. Weaver. I mean, that's a solid mm-hmm. one, two, three to roll
1: into. The off-ball linebackers might be the most uh, – Yeah. Like, finding a miss there is mm-hmm. tough. Because in, in in a lot of these guys, we're kind of like Benny and Chris, where, I mean, d just camped with Kentucky, got an offer because he was just a dude. They're like, this guy's going to be a dog. He recovers yeah. from Achilles injury. I think important thing the to look at, they,
2: they've hit on high-quality, like, recruits. Like, Trevin Wallace, he's been a hit so far.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They've hit on guys who've had, you know, kind of high three-star DeAndre Square. They've hit on transfer, Quest Jones. Yeah. And they took a swing on Derek Jackson, a guy who didn't have a lot of recruiting t- or attention, and he's been a hit. So, like, yeah. they're hitting on all the – all
1: the tears there. Yeah, I, I mean, Courtney right Love going back even further, Cash Daniel, where, like, Cash had his faults, but he was a solid player. Like Jordan he, Jones. Yeah, I mean, really, man, the, the fun. Chris Jordan Oates Jones. was a hit, but, yeah. it, you know,
2: it ended unfortunate. But that was right. a big-time recruiting win, and yeah. it was good right away.
1: Yeah. it's um, and so when you look at next up, one of the guys that could be the next up in that group, Antoine Smith, who was the only commitment on, you know, following the weekend, the huge – Kentucky football official visit recruiting weekend. And this is a guy, like you put on commitment watch early. Um, we're all over about it. He comes from a very athletic family with uh, brother, half-brother played at Duke. Mom was a track star at Miami. Dad also played football, or basketball. Played hoops at Utah State. Yeah, Utah State. So there's a lot of athleticism there. And he's a multiple-sport guy, too, kind of like Cam Dooley, who basketball player, too. A lot of athletic traits with Antoine Smith, who committed to Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I think there's a there's a robust potential because he's never played linebacker before. Yeah, yeah, He's 195 pounds. Like, how big can he get? But like the athleticism and the traits you mentioned are just jump off the page. Like, he's a legit six two, between six two and six three. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's got really long arms. And he's got speed on speed on speed. Yeah. And, he's, and on tape, he shows quick twitch, get off, which is important in football. Mm-hmm. And so, if he puts it together, you could see him like being a first round draft pick, like because of all the traits, if they all come together. Uh, but he's coming to Kentucky, he's playing a position he's never played before. He's strictly kind of a stand up outside linebacker who's just crashing down every snap at Atlanta or mm-hmm. Westlake right now. Mm-hmm. But there are like, intriguing traits with him, um, mainly the speed and the size and the frame. And if he grows into those, you, Kentucky could really have something here. But I do think they're taking a big swing on him. Like, there's no, like, guarantee. But I do think at worst, he's going to be a pretty good special teams player.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, he's going to be able point. to cover
2: kicks right away and be a weapon, I think, on kickoff coverage. You
1: ever been in Westlake? In any I've, Atlanta? I have not. What area is Atlanta, is it in? It's not west, actually. It's actually south. Southlake. Lake. Yeah. Um, but they have a PGA Tour level golf course there. Oh, that's that's over there. Yeah, that's that. Okay. I don't. I forget what the name of it. It might be it's West. It's called lake. East Lake. Oh, so the wow. <laughs> we need to go to this lake. Pretty sounds sure like, it's called East Lake. Sounds like a great golf course or a great just area. Um, yeah, and then there's I think there might even be a South Lake too, but no North Lake. There's a South Lake in Texas. That's the big like South Lake, Carroll. Yeah, yeah, and then um, that's where like Baker
2: Mayfield went, right? He went to Lake Travis. Quinn to, Ewers went to South Lake Carroll. Toomey Lake. South Lake Carroll. Someone else went there, too, that was a quarterback. Uh, I think, no, Breeze went to Lake Travis, too. I, think, yeah, I don't right. know. Someone might tell us.
1: Favorite truth. favorite lake in Kentucky like it?
2: Um, Cumberland's one I've been to a lot. The most. I uh, like the rocks of it. That's I've just kind of neat. I've been to Dale Hollow only one, one or twice, and I
1: really like that. I mean, that was pretty sweet. Nolan gets – a lot of people in the Louisville go to Rough River. It's no, just close. But no no I like Nola. It's nice. It's it's nice. It just gets it's very skinny and it gets overcrowded. Yeah. But, but it, is, it is a nice kind of like that though. You can just splash around in the coves. The ones that I've seen pictures of people at Kentucky Lake, and that might as well be Kentucky Ocean. It's enormous. It'd scare me being out there in a boat in choppy waters. Not for me. Not for me. Although I'm a good swimmer. You ever you got long limbs. Yeah. It, it helps. helps. It does help. Um, we talked about tackles earlier, the big ones. That's obviously if so Kentucky's hit on one premium position, Cutter Bully. The next premium position is Brian Robinson. He could fill that. The third one is that tackle. Do you do you have any concerns right now? I know you've broken it down extensively. Does the guys at the top of the board are still there? Do you have any concerns further down?
2: Yes. I mean, it just has like They just haven't done a good job. of. It's not just this year problem. Like, it's been the last couple years. It's just been a problem. Um, I think what we're seeing now, Nick, is Mm -hmm. they have two guys they really want, McRoy and Mm -hmm. Daniels. Yeah. And I think they're kind of really focused on trying to get at least one of those guys. And I think they're slow playing some others. I think you mentioned Fred Johnson, who's going to Louisville, this weekend for an OV mm-hmm. Cleveland Glenville. I think they feel like that's a guy they can even get, even if they commit, he committed to Louisville this weekend. They feel like Vince probably feels like he can get him at some
1: point in the process. That's, that's my, the dynamics of this are fascinating because you don't, you don't want to have him commit like, all the timing of it from UK's standpoint, it seems like there's some, some conflict on whether they want to get him right now or later. And then it also feels like there's um, a, a, a little bit of we don't want to look bad and lose a guy from Ohio to Louisville like that. What? But I think if you're looking from a PR perspective, it's, I think it's wise for UK to just kind of inch their way into it and potentially slow play it here because if you can't flip a kid from Glenville from Louisville to Kentucky. I mean, to play offensive tackle, that's a premium position. And it's a better PR win. If you flip it from Louisville, right. Than just getting the initial win in June. Um, uh, but I know there's, it's just a lot at play because this is the first time they've actually gone against Louisville for somebody in recruiting. I know there was Sean Boykins and North Harden, um, uh, but Kentucky wasn't really all that interested, right? Like he had an offer, but that, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, And then
2: someone mentioned Duke Watson in the chat. Um, I think Kentucky at running back, they could have gotten Duke Watson on campus mm-hmm. for an OV and they didn't. They've kind of zoned in on some other guys, so that wasn't really a head-to-head with Louisville.
1: Yeah, it was right, right. Like the And that's why this this Johnson one's fascinating because he's also a pretty risky player. <laughs> like you don't, I don't there's a lot to like about him, but there's also He's got a little... some Kenneth Orsi energy where I think he could play tackle, but
2: guard might be his best.
1: Right. And, Potential long-term. And so, like, do you want to go and have this big knockdown drag out with Louisville over a guy who isn't a guaranteed hit in a pretty important position where you need kind of guarantees? So that that recruitment is fascinating. We also had uh, Hans. Is it Jack Hans or Nick Hans? Uh, Nick Jack Hans. Jack Hans, who committed to Wake Forest, if I'm not mistaken, where that one feels like they went all in on him, and Kentucky was just like, uh, well, kind of keep him warm, type of thing, yeah. And so that's why there's part of me I don't want to panic too much because it is early, and if they really want somebody, they can go get them. But on the other hand, it, it, it just feels better to have more guys in your recruiting class than what you've got right now,
2: yeah. I, I again, I think they're really they got two big fish they're going after. After that, I just want to what's the second, what's the contingency plan? Jordan Floyd was another guy from Atlanta and kind of the Heinz thing. I think Kentucky was legal warm on him. Georgia Tech put on the full court press. He's announcing on Friday. I think he's going to pick Georgia Tech. Mercer Lunevsky, Nick from Cincinnati. Ooh,
1: I found out how to pronounce his name. Lunevsky.
2: I saw that too. He has it on. Yeah, his, he
1: changed his Twitter. That, that was for smart. I Very Linesky. smart.
2: So, but him, uh, you know, I watched his tape last night, and I was, it's like it's solid. I could be talked into him
1: you got to be talked into the brother, too. That's, a, that's that, the, yeah. that's the he's, second He's board. got the baggage. Does he want to go
2: that. somewhere without his brother?
1: His that's, brother's a guard. Not his, his, guards, his brother's probably a mad guy.
2: That Yes, that's yeah. the thing with that recruitment. How does that kind of shake out? He only has an OV schedule at the Michigan State. So I think he's a guy. that can, Fred Johnson we've talked about, but there's got there's a lot of guys off the board, like Kevin Haywood.
1: Yeah, that was tough.
2: That was a guy you wanted. He goes to Wisconsin. Kai Greer was a guy that got on campus twice. In the spring, for non-official for an unofficial visit, mm-hmm. okay, can't get an ov with him. He goes a He goes Stanford. Commits to Stanford um, right when he got back from his official visit.
1: Hmm. Um,
2: so that that and then like typically guys that commit to Stanford, Nick aren't yeah. flipping.
1: Yeah, they're 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 going to Stanford. And so <laughs> there's something about that Palo Alto. Know, Derek, Derek Plaz was a the guy they they
2: offered late. They couldn't make much traction with. He committed on his Penn State official visit. So there are just not a lot of options that we know about right now. I mean, really, their eggs are kind of in this McRoy-Daniels basket. Mm -hmm. And then Johnson is – he's right now the next best option. That's why I was a little bit surprised if you – because they got a lot of wiggle room here with this line. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and get Johnson? Just go ahead and take him. Yeah, yeah. let cancel the little. – don't even mess with it. Um, So it's interesting that they're doing that. Is there someone they maybe like more than Johnson? Do they not – do they feel like Johnson's a guard all the way? So they're – there's other guards they probably like, so they're just kind of in this weird area that they kind of they have to get it figured out, um, and they really need they're going to have to pick one of Daniels and McRoy. They're not going to get both of them. Yeah, yeah. You got to pick one, and you've got to take your big swing
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the big nil package you put together. It should be which, for um, one of these guys? Which one would you take? That's a good question. Um, I think McRoy's more of a he's a true right tackle all the way. Like, he is...
1: Heavy-handed.
2: Well, just just a monster. Like, 6'8", <laughs> 340. He moves better than you think, but the weight is the question. Can he keep the weight down? Mm-hmm. But he's never going to be a slim 330. It's always going to be you want him to be kind of a skinny 365. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be a big old dude. And so, can you keep the weight down? And that was a... You just had Keontae here. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't go great. In um, what... So... Him, I, I think I think he's the more realistic one. So I would probably say him or Daniels, you've talked, you wrote about this yesterday. He's going to be hard to get out of Florida State. He's from the panhandle, it's a big Florida State recruiting region. Getting him out of there could be tough. I think he has the higher ceiling. It's just, I don't know. Size wise, there's a question with him. He doesn't look yeah. very tall on tape. Um, does he have the size to play tackle? I think he's got a really good chance to be a very, very good player high floor, but it might be, like, left guard. Can yeah. you play left tackle is a question? Um, I think both of those guys got a chance to be really good players and could be starters fairly quickly at Kentucky. Um, so getting one would be, it would be a good find. But if I had to guess one, more likely I would say McRoy.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Well, it's um, – and like you said, these are recruitments that are not going to be ending tomorrow, uh, even if they did come with a commitment. Uh, you're in it for the long haul from one of the two uh, it's gonna be busy we've got another round McCroy he's headlining this weekend's official visitors there's uh, another kid that just came on the scene uh Joe Solomon I believe is his name mm-hmm. uh, an athlete who plays both ways that uh four-star two-sport athlete sort of guy and uh a lot of schools are recruiting for DB I think Kentucky might have a shot recruiting him a receiver so you know how it is some so the defense guys want to play offense. The offensive offense guys want to play defense. Kentucky's usually pretty open to let them play what they want. That kind of gives them a leg up. But um, there's going to be quite a few people there uh, this weekend. What I'm fascinated by, a lot of schools are doing official visits the following weekend. Well, the following weekend, Vince Marrow's is getting married, so Kentucky doesn't have any official visits planned. If this were under harder times like it, I would have loved loved for some hot take guy to say Vince Merrill don't care about recruiting. He'd rather get married than recruit.
2: Well Vince is no stranger to <laughs> weddings around commitments. Christian Conyer last year, I believe his what was his daughter's it was his
1: daughter's, wedding. daughter's wedding. Yeah. That was oh man.
2: That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, I mean you mentioned <laughs> Yeah, that, you mentioned that uh Florida State's their big one of their big Official
1: visit, I think. That's when um, Witten's supposed to go to Ohio State, too, is the 23rd. We'll like, see if that Daniels will be at Florida State there. that
2: weekend. Um, Solomon will be at Florida State that weekend. So, yeah, that's a big uh, – No one guy we really haven't talked about, Cameron Keyes, mm-hmm. another panhandle guy, four-star cornerback. I think Kentucky's got a real shot at him. Um, and that could be a nice win. He's got some intriguing traits as a player. Uh, so, that's one to watch on. But he's got a he, – I think he goes to Missouri that weekend. So, yeah, there's going to be some guys – that are going to visit there. Can they? If you do have, if you can, you stay in the lead if you're in the lead.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm, uh, I'm also wondering why Vanderbilt is showing up on all these lists and getting these visitors. Barton Simmons, go back to 24/7. Well, I, dude. I, I tried to
2: tell you all that that was a good hire. clearly was a good hire, and I, I got roasted on this, on this, on this
1: show <laughs> last year. I'm not getting roasted as on, much anymore. When he came on and said, "Well, we're going to compete for national championships at Vanderbilt," um, he made news that day. That was smart. Leach, there's something about him. There's just, I don't know what it is. It's it's because he's so Vandy. He's just the most Vandy coach ever. He's just so boring. I don't know what it is. That's why he was a smart hire because he knows what it takes. <laughs> he's there. a boring Vandy guy that could stick around. Uh, which speaking of Nashville, that's going to be around the corner before we know it. You're yeah. you're going to be uh, taking some vacation. We're all, we're all about to get some vacation time in around Fourth of July. SEC media days will come around, um, but. A few things we got to talk about before we get out of here from Monticello Bay. It's been a lot of fun.
0: First Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumbacasino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
1: plus. First and foremost, we got a, a little special edition coming up on the show before father's day. So tonight, in addition to 11 personnel, also got an extensive sit down interview with Brad white. We had yesterday, the Kentucky yeah. defensive coordinator, a lot of fun. Um, and Brad has, Sometimes in interviews, he gives off a little bit of Clark Lee energy in that, like he's he's very thoughtful and you know long-winded. But we got like the fun long-winded where we're talking Father's Day. We got we, he he shared some stories about kind of um, what it's like being the sort of team dad. So uh, I, I think you all very much appreciate it, and you'll and you'll also get a better understanding of why Kentucky's been able to keep Brad White for so long. I mean, this dude is a former NFL coach they've had for six years. And five for a defensive coordinator, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. In the Southeastern Conference, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't happen very often anywhere, uh, unless you're Brian Ferentz, and they just can't fire you. And at Iowa, you know, like it, it's, it just doesn't happen. So yeah. I uh, think
2: you look at you look at programs that are able to, outside of like the elites, Alabama, you know, they're having constant turnover. Georgia's having constant turnover. Mm-hmm. Teams that can. Thread the needle and hit that, you know, eight nine win season that are consistent. Sweet spot. They're able to have coordinator stability, mm-hmm. and I think White, you have that. And now the hope is you can, you want it like, can you get four and five years with him and Cohen on the same staff together to really go on a run? That would be fun. Be and fun. that's what they're trying to hit here. Yeah. yeah it, unfortunately, they didn't have that last year, but now can they? Can you get these next three years with mm-hmm. them to see what you can do? Um, because it's very intriguing because they're. You know, the way Cohen's recruiting cord- or quarterbacks should get you excited. And like we had a question from let's see here, um, Hunter in the chat. Do you guys think Stone Saunders silently committed over the weekend? I only asked because he showed up very secretly and surprisingly. I think that's a, a high
1: mm-hmm. possibility. Yeah, there's a very good chance. They wore
2: his mom and dad were wearing UK gear was wearing UK gear.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: they looked very happy to be there. Huh. Now, Nebraska is the top competitor there, but there is a very close relationship with Cohen.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I forget exactly what it is, but his dad used to train Cohen, or they used to train quarterbacks together. Or There's something there's something along those lines there.
2: Yeah, like family friend is the term I've heard when used there. I think they've got a very good chance at him, especially now with Bowley in 2024. Mm-hmm. Separates it. The three names we've heard in that class were Cutter Bowley, Stone Saunders, Ryan Montgomery. Brian Montgomery's just been everywhere. There's no real mm-hmm. tells on where he's going to go, but now we're reaching the point, Nick, where teams are starting to take quarterbacks in that class. Yeah. Um, there's been a Clemson. Uh, it looks like they're about to take a commitment. Um, Ohio State, I think, is pretty close to getting to, to decide what, what the quarterback they want to zone in on. And 11 Levin's going on this weekend.
1: Yeah, and decisions are
2: going to start happening after mm-hmm. after that because that's when the next batch starts. That starts to roll, um, and so I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go to SEC Media
1: Days and Stone Saunders is committed to Kentucky. Ooh, heard it here first, folks. Um, you're also going to hear who's gonna win the US Open this weekend. Cause look it, Father's Day, it snuck up on me. I think with all the live stuff, like it just you know, and we've it's been the sports season is it seems to have prolonged a little bit more than usual. Like the Reds are good. So oh LA Daily Cruz, like I've I've had sports <laughs> to pay attention to. And then now all of a sudden, like bam, we get to watch. A bunch of dudes hit it. I mean, they have like, what, 280-yard par threes? They have LA? five
2: par threes on this course, and I think three of them are 265-plus.
1: <laughs> yeah, like get off the driver, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. So I I did my Wucket research um, because I know your methodology, and it's going to be strokes gained off the tee, I'm sure is the advanced stat of the week because you got to play along mm-hmm. and, you know, ideally not get in the rough. Um, and so – And I I like getting good value. So I got Victor Hovland at uh, plus 1,800. He's been playing well. Won the memorial two weeks ago. So I I got Victor Hovland as a little win bet sprinkle.
2: The best part of this tournament is that it's in Los Angeles.
1: Oh, so we get night golf? So you get night golf. So, oh man, Sunday night, Father's Day. So, Thursday,
2: one. I mean, here's the TV. Honey, can
1: you put the kids to
2: bed? Here's the TV schedule, Nick. Round one, Thursday, one to 11. Round two, Friday, one to 11. Round three, one to eleven. Round four, one to ten. So you're getting prime time golf. So this is you come home from work and you can just watch some golf. That's
1: great because I we do that with the Masters replay, right?
2: Yeah, Sunday, uh, Father's Day. If you that's how you like to spend Father's Day, that's how you got to spend it. And
1: you can do you can do the activities with your kids early on, right? You 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 do all that and then after oh, thank you U.S. Open, Nick. You're right. This is par
2: seventy over seventy four hundred yards. This is a massive (laughs) course two of the sh- two of the sh- par threes go to 85 plus <laughs> that, that's the damn par five near at charlie <laughs> Um and then like they've they've redone this course it's the first time they played us open at los Angeles country club it's the first time they've been in la since like the 1930s or 40s um, now they play in la every year at riviera but this is going to be brand new, like these players this is brand new yeah so yeah. there's a lot of they're kind of walking in blind. The big thing this week is there's bunkers near the green, and the grass around the bunkers is ridiculous. Yeah, now. you
1: lose a ball.
2: And then around the green, it's not too bad, but there is substantial rough around the greens. But the greens are different. They have some large greens, you have small greens. They've kind of they're mixing it up. No water hazards, but you're right. Whoever hits, whoever can get off the tee the best is going to have a great chance. And so really, it's your first, getting on the dance floor and giving yourself a chance with the putter. Um, so getting the greens and regulation is huge this week. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking – like, Scotty Scheffler has just been awesome this year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played great in the majors, but he's number one and off the tee, and he's number one tee to green. Like, that's I, I would be shocked if he's not in contention on Sunday. He's the favorite. You can get him for six to one to win. I think you can get a minus 150 for a top ten finish. You've got to – he's the only guy in the field where you have to lay money to win top in the top 10, but I think it's a safe. It, it's that way for a reason. He's going to yeah. finish top. <laughs> he's got, I think 12 top tens and 15 or 16 stars this season. So this is just what he does. Uh, and I think it fits him this week because you're going to have to shot shape a little bit. He's great at that. Like he's got a great chance to win. Um, top 10. I like Terrell Hatton. He's had some good plays. He's had some decent finishes in the U S open. He's Got a really hot hand. He's t- second at the Players, t five, t four at Honor Palmer, t six at Phoenix Open, t twelve Memorial, t fifteen PJ Championship. So big tournaments. He's played well this year. Tyrone Hatton. So t- top ten play you can get plus two sixty. Jason Day's another one I like at top twenty five. He's had a good season. Um, he's played well in the U.S. Open in the past. And then like with Brooks playing like he is, he just feels like a good match at
1: play. But is he going to be exhausted from – I'll take my chances with
2: him because he's just
1: – He's his own one. Yeah. So you can get him against
2: Can'tley 110, and then there's some – you can you can do three balls or you can just do a single round with Brooks. Like he's just – like you just – the only majors he's really played bad in, night contention, is when he was hurt last year yeah. in recent form.
1: And so he's got three PGAs. Does he have two U.S. Opens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so he, we, we've seen him excel in this because he's so good off the tee as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we've seen him
2: win. Uh, he's won, I believe, twice. He's won the U.S. Open and P.J. in the same year.
1: Hot hand? Yeah. right. I mean, he's the hottest hand. The hottest? Yeah. So he still got the frosted tips? No, good? he got rid of that. Okay.
2: No, the, right. that's gone. That was uh,
1: the documentary. He was rocking those. What if I showed up to uh, Salon and said, yes, I'd like some frosted tips? What, what do they say? Well, they're going to have to get some paint out. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out the watercolors? <laughs>
2: Let us go to Walgreens and they come back with the, 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 the little spray foil big.
1: they put on the ladies' hairs, and it's just like they just wrap a cone around my head. <laughs> it's our dumping product in there. Oh, man. Well, uh, to all the dads out there, uh, what could, he's got his first Father's first Day. One. So he, I know he's very excited. Uh, to all the first time dads, all the dads who want to be dads, and all those who don't have your dads. So we hope you have a happy Father's Day uh, and can enjoy it with your family. And thanks for hanging out and enjoying some time with us here on the KSR YouTube channel to everybody here at Monticello bank with us and to our friends at Monticello bank They're for the people. We're going to do another one of these in
2: Lexington, I believe is the plan. Oh,
1: man, it's exciting. It's some exciting. point this summer. So stay tuned. Yeah. And um, also with SEC media days coming around, we're getting our fall lineup. We're, we're tinkering with it. We're tinkering with the football fall lineup. So, Plenty of content, plenty of new content coming to this here YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed, especially to hear that interview with Brad White. We'll get it up on the podcast feed as well. But um, uh, check that out coming this weekend in honor Father's Day. Uh, we appreciate everybody here. From Monticello Bank, that's Adam Luck, and I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and uh, go Kroger.